Hello, welcome to Real Life Ghost Stories, episode 13. Unlucky for some. Unlucky for some, but lucky for us, because we made it this far. Do you know why 13 is an unlucky number? No, I don't. Because it was the amount of people that were at the Last Supper before mm. JC was betrayed and killed. What about his wife? Mary Magdalene. Yeah. <laughs> now she wasn't there. Uh, she was too busy in the kitchen. Oh yeah, women aren't allowed to eat them, <laughs> aren't they? <laughs> Our review of the week, we're going to go straight into it, is Insidious. Insidious. Well done. I can't believe we did that in, in sync. Oh, yeah. That wasn't even planned. Insidious was released in 2011. It has 66% on Rotten Tomatoes and 6.10. No, let's take that back. 6.8 <laughs> out of 10 on IMDb. And I'm going to read you the blurb before I say anything, because I've got a lot to say about this film, as I think you might as well. Yep. Saw franchise veterans James Wan and Lee Wanell team with Paranormal Activity writer-director Oren Pelly to give the familiar haunted house story an exciting new twist with this tale of a family that moves into an old house and begins to suspect they are under siege from otherworldly forces when their young son inexplicably falls into a deep coma. As devoted parents Josh, played by Patrick Wilson, and Renee, played by Rose Byrne, struggle in vain to uncover the root cause of their son's condition. The stress of the situation gradually begins to take its toll on their once strong relationship. Later, when darkness falls and spectres appear to reach out for them from the shadows, the frightened parents realise they're dealing with powers beyond human comprehension. I believe that 66% and 6.8 out of 10 is far more than this film deserves. See, now I think for the first section of the film up until a certain point we there's going to be spoilers all the way through this by the way but that's probably okay for a score but yeah, as but a whole that, film as a whole film absolutely a not bit lower. i remember seeing this film in the cinema when it first came out and being absolutely petrified and then watching it again i couldn't understand why i was frightened of this film because it's ridiculous but what i will say is that the soundscape is really good and it's really clever and it probably was the first film of its time really as will was saying last night the first film of its time that has uh, that uses that that kind of really intrusive string instrument sound it's james, very james wanny i'm sure that's an adjective probably isn't an, an adjective yeah and you'd think that with such big names involved in it it would have been amazing like paranormal activity is a great film brilliant film and the soul films i guess if you're into that kind of thing yep, are good very successful film very well. successful i mean not my jam but very successful but this film i think aside from the soundscape is a failure throughout and no more none more so than rose byrne i think she is an absolutely appalling actor i think she i don't know why what i do know why she keeps getting gigs it's because she's incredibly beautiful but she is awful she is the least convincing frightened mum i've ever seen their child sleeps and doesn't wake up she doesn't really seem that bothered for like over three months she didn't really seem that bothered by the whole thing more so because i think she can't physically act being bothered by it 
But you've got to remember, there is a far more pressing concern on the table as well. What? What is it? She can't find a sheet music. Obviously, that is more important. Oh, yeah. she it, like, Honestly, the priorities. She can't find her sheet music and it's like the worst thing that's ever happened to her. So your son is fucking in an eternal sleep over there and you're worried about your sheet music. I mean, they are. They, that's a bit anachronous. But, but And, and yeah. in fairness, when she does play the piano and sings, she's shite. Yes. So I don't know why she's even bothering to look for her sheet music. Give up. Give up, Renee. Let it go. But I think, so I think there's some, there's parts of this film that I really didn't like. Like, there's a child. That's scary. Like a haunting child. <laughs> Just haunting. children in general are yeah. scary. <laughs> but that, and that song that you don't like. Oh, that tiptoe through tip the tulips. It's oh, horrible. Um, and like, there's some really good jump scares in it. And it's like, it does, I think it works better in the cinema because you're a bit more isolated and every, and you're focused solely on that. And there's some really good jump scares and you, it's building up the tension, and then it's all, and then there's a jump scare where it's like Darth Maul, motherfucker. And yeah, so the demon <laughs> is Darth Maul, and I really fancy Darth Maul, so I felt really conflicted about the whole thing because this Darth Maul was like middle-aged Darth Maul. Like, do you know he had that weird monk-like hair where it's like, mate, you're going bald, just just shave yeah. your hair. Like he was an attractive Darth Maul. If anybody else found or still finds Darth Maul attractive. Can you please just tweet me? Because I feel like I'm alone on that one. But so I've always fancied Darth Maul. In case you haven't seen it, the main antagonist, is that the right word? Yeah. Demon fella, is uh, painted up like Darth Maul, which is why we're saying Darth Maul is in this movie. It's not actually Darth Maul. Yeah, it's Maul. not a crossover. It's not a Star Wars crossover. But he, yeah, I mean, as a demon, he's just not very scary. And then the last act of the film just descends into just farce. Like, it's so ridiculous. My main problem with it is that there's no subtlety, absolutely no subtlety in this film whatsoever. And your your demons and your jump scares, they just utilise everything that could potentially be scary with no explanation as to why there is, you know, a family of ghosts or why there is that little boy ghost that runs around. It's just the strangest fi- successful yeah, the, film I've ever seen, really. There is, lo- there is a lack of detail because the only thing you get is from the Elise lady who comes in and says that there are She's other... She's a psychic. There are other um, entities that want to come back to life. And yeah, but, then there's some evil ones. But then, but there's absolutely no explanation as to who these entities <laughs> no. are or why they're in this house why the dad and the son are able to astral plane like they're able to tra- traverse um, can we astral use the correct planes. term please astral, astral surfing. surfing obviously it's just a really really strange film and then by the end of it you are essentially it look it's like something of tomb raider they're in this weird cavern and the demon is sharpening his nails and just kind of lets him get away yeah i don't know why he and like then it turns out the actual scary thing the actual scary demon is a woman not the demon is a little old woman that's been like haunting him for he, and he, honestly it's it's just not good i really was disappointed i would like to see some gifs of the 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 clip of the film where the Demon is sharpening his claws and listening to his little favourite track on his gramophone. I'd like that set to some different music, please. So if any if anybody's yeah. out there wants to if put some trap music on it or something like that, I'd like to have a look at it. Tweet me. Thanks. I just I just just didn't get it. I did not get it. I just watched it again and was like, how was I ever frightened of this in the cinema? Just so strange. It was very, um, it wasn't as terrifying as I remembered being even in the first half. Like I lost interest. I, I will admit the first time I saw it, I lost interest. And as soon as I saw Darth Maul, I was like, that's just ridiculous. But, but you don't see Darth Maul until actually quite late on in the film. So that you before you actually see him as yeah. Darth Maul, he's like a shadow entity, which is a little bit freaky. I'll give them that. But then you see him as Darth Maul and he looks like a, a middle-aged man with face paint on. Which is, which what, is what he is. <laughs> 
<laughs> I just and of and for a 2011 film with big names, like the CGI is not good. You know when he's crawling, like Darth Maul is crawling on the walls and stuff. Like that is not good. But it's not well done. Credit where credit is due. James Wan, Bloomhouse, every successful horror movie of the last decade has come from that some form some variation of that combination so even though they're making shit movies they're still raking in the money i know it's crazy and insidious <laughs> is on like film four they've done four different insidious films yeah. and i would not watch them now because i don't want to see any more of it i just don't care i feel like i've seen the second one but i lost interest after that as well but I, the, yeah I, I was scared of like insidious scared me the, the first time i saw it i was scared of the first bit but as soon as the demon comes in it lost my interest and then it was even bad worse this time because i knew what was gonna happen the bit that really got me in the whole thing was the family decide to have a seance or some sort of like contact in the spirits that are in the house or trying to find the little fella or whatever for some inexplicable reason the medium puts on a gas mask while she's doing this seance nobody explains why this happens she puts on a gas mask in order to astral surf but when the dad needs to astral surf he don't need a gas mask he's he's, like he's a seasoned pro apparently but he doesn't even realize it so the gas mask is linked the mouth of the gas mask is linked to the ear of chester bennington yeah and uh he's not actually chester bennington just looks a little bit like kind of so it's so that he can write down what she's saying so it's a direct link because she's whispering it i guess it enhances the whispers i'm sure there's easier ways that you can do that yeah like whispering in his ear maybe (laughs) but they just had to have this gas mask to make it look scarier yeah i just uh, for me personally i would give it two stars out of five and my two stars purely come from the soundscape and their use of that intrusive string instrument sound that has become really popularized since probably since insidious in horror movies i'd also give it two out of five for having scary children in and jump scares yeah it's just that's all i need really for I mean, a basic if you watch out. it if you watch it let us know what you think of it if you think it's scary or if you think like us it just is it's just if you've never seen it let us know before you watch it because i think it's probably quite a few of our listeners have already seen it yeah it's just ridiculous anyway did not enjoy it would not recommend two stars out of five and i think the imdb and the rotten tomatoes ratings are grossly above where they should be to be honest are you ready for our story this week i'm never ready for this kind of thing but yeah go for it so a girl that i went to uni with leah contacted me on instagram because she'd been listening to the podcast and she told me this great story about how her and her husband were listening to the podcast driving home really late one night and they were listening to the annalise michelle episode and they were driving driving from the west of Ireland which is middle of nowhere country in the middle of the night and it got to the point where the recording of Annalise Michelle being exercised was played both of them absolutely lost their shit <laughs> freaked out completely in the middle of nowhere Leah's husband was apparently shouting at her not to look in the back seat of the car she was shouting back at him going but why do you look at the back seat of the car you don't do it ordinarily why would we do it now so they were both completely panicked and convinced that Annalise Michelle or something of that ilk was going to be in the back seat of the car and when they got home that night they went to bed Leah couldn't sleep her husband started snoring and she was saying that she got absolutely convinced that he was possessed because <laughs> he was snoring really erratically so she <laughs> so she was literally praying over him because she was like Oh my God, Owen is possessed. What am I going to do? And I just loved it. I loved that that was the reaction to one of our stories. Because the Annalise Michelle story itself, I don't think is very scary. It's the actual sound recording. I guess if you were driving in the middle of the night would freak you out. Little insights to what I go through every week in my own head. <laughs> just, just in general. Yeah, every time you tell me a new story. Yeah. After she messaged me talking about their reaction to Annalise Michelle, she also messaged me and said... 
I have a story too. So I asked her to write down her story, which she did. It's so good. I just didn't think that we could pass up the opportunity to have a full episode on it. So it's long, but it's good. Are you ready? Let's do this. We're only in the house since 2003. We moved from the other end of town, from a bungalow into this house. The previous owner was actually a distant cousin of my mom, who was from the town, born and raised. So Grace, who owned the house before, was downsizing as since her husband John had passed away and all her children are grown up and have houses of their own, it was too big a house for her to keep. It's misleading enough as it's actually a three-story house. My room, my sister's room and our playroom are up on the very top floor in the roof. The history of the house, while mixed and hard to fully confirm and tie down, is an interesting one regardless of the concrete details. The house to the right of ours is still a vacant property. It was bought by a local family who own a hardware shop just up the road. They literally only use the land out the back for storage. The house is totally vacant and in a huge state of disrepair. The history of that house is that it was linked to an asylum of sorts and some type of sick house too. Our house then was where the dead bodies were kept. As <laughs> Why would you live in that house? Oh man. Our house then was where the dead bodies were kept as there is a courtyard and a massive stone outhouse that we use as sheds. Out the back of ours where horses were kept. They believe that these were used to store the olden times hearses and to transport bodies to and from. There were also stories of two sisters who were very creative, who lived in the house on their own, but would keep the windows fully stretched and open 365 days a year, regardless of the weather and temperature. All you would hear coming from the house when they were there was music and singing. Again... 365 days a year. From what we know, the house has had an interesting history. I believe in ghosts and presences and feel that I can be tuned into it more than others, if that makes sense. My theory with the house is that we have two energies or presences. The first, which I have called Joe. I suppose it's important to mention that at this current time, I'm confident that Joe is no longer with us in the house. The house being an old house creaks and moans. It was never a quiet house when we moved into it from 2003. As you look at the picture above, so just for context, she did include a picture of the house. As you look at the picture above, the window to the left of the front door is our sitting room. The window to the right of the front door is our dining room. My mum and dad's room is directly over the dining room. The middle room on the second floor is the landing window and the window then over the sitting room is a spare room that would seldom be used. The spare room, however, is one of the rooms that has the most activity. When there are people in the house, you wouldn't notice it as much because you know there are people in and out and moving around the house, so you wouldn't really notice anything. The first time I noticed that there was something a bit more is that every Saturday morning when we wouldn't be in school, there was a family routine. Mum would have a lie-in, we'd be up and we'd go down to the sitting room to watch TV and chill out. When mum would get up, you'd hear her, that's how thin the floors and the walls are in the house, come out of the bedroom, come across to the window on the landing of the second floor. There'd be a pause, this would be her opening that window, then you'd hear her move into the spare room, pause for her to open the window in there. Then you'd hear her move out of the spare room and walk down the stairs until she was at the bottom of the stairs. Routine, every Saturday, and well, any day that mum would be in bed and we'd be up before her. From the age of about 16, I stopped going away on the family holidays at midterm breaks and over the summer, but would be left in the house on my own. My gran and granddad were just around the corner and with an abundance of aunts and uncles in the town, I was well looked after. I started to hear when I was in the house totally on my own, Footsteps coming out of my mum and dad's bedroom, across the landing, footsteps into the spare room and then back out of the spare room and down the stairs. The first couple of times I just wrote it off that I was hearing things. 
Then, I know I wasn't. I was hearing footsteps across the spare room in particular as I sat in the sitting room underneath. Sometimes they would come down the stairs and other times they would not. When brave, I would step out the door of the sitting room and look up the stairs but would never see anything and as soon as I went out the stairs, the noises stopped. Are you okay? Yeah. It's them sisters, isn't it? Just for... Opening them all in windows. Just for context, Dan is rocking in his (laughs) chair right now. My room being up on the third floor, there are three flights of stairs up to it. Three flights of very creaky stairs. When I'd hear the stairs going at night time, I would never question it or it wouldn't particularly upset me. Creaky stairs and them settling after a day of people being up and down them. I again did start to notice it a bit more when I was on my own in the house. That this creaking and moving sounded very much like somebody walking up the stairs or down the stairs. The noise would increase or decrease as if someone was getting closer up or down the stairs from my room. Uh... (laughs) One night in particular, I was older, of going out age, but in the house alone. My room is quite a long room in the roof. The door into my room is like an old school wood full barn door. It doesn't lock or latch and you just push it over and pull it open. A stiff breeze would blow it ajar. I'd followed my routine as per the other nights alone. Turned everything off, locked and closed all doors and windows, went upstairs and I always left the light on the landing on. I'd switch everything else off but leave that light on. Just if I had to get up in the night or anything. My bed is at the total opposite end of the room to the door. I'd fallen asleep facing the wall, my back to the door, but something had woken me up. I rolled over and could see through the crack of the door that the landing light was off. It was still dark out, so I just assumed the bulb had blown or something. Nothing concerned me for me not to doze back off. I woke again to the stairs noises, but I didn't really stir, just was aware the stairs were making noises. I opened my eyes drearily again at one stage and my bedroom door was fully open and within the door frame I could see the outline of a man an older man he had a flat cap on and a long coat I think he also had a walking stick but I'm not sure I couldn't see his face just his outline needless to say I freaked out but just closed my eyes pulled the duvet up over my head and started saying a few Hail Marys until I fell back asleep while I was freaked at what I could see I didn't feel worried by it and did manage to drift off to sleep again. So, Leah, who are you? <laughs> yeah, because it's either a ghost, which is scary, or it's actually an old man in your house. <laughs> either way, going to sleep might not solve that problem. Which is pretty much worse. <laughs> when I woke, I thought I could have been dreaming. The light was back on on the landing. However, my bedroom door was still wide open. I thought that perhaps I'd left the window in the playroom across from my bedroom open and the draft had brushed my door open. No windows were open in the house at all when I got up and investigated that morning. I said nothing to anyone at home when they got back. I knew my mum would have accused me of smoking something or drinking, so I just didn't bother getting into it. What makes this character interesting is that I never saw him again, but I reckon it was him you'd hear moving around. My experience happened over the summer months. The following Christmas, just off the kitchen, we have a back kitchen or utility space, but my mum uses this as her cooking area. She has her mixers and presses of ingredients, worktops, etc. Out here, purposely built for a baking setup. Just for a bit of context, in Irish world, a press is a cupboard. So anytime I say press, just assume that I'm talking about a cupboard, if anyone is confused. Unless she says, press the button. Yeah, in which case, it's a different meaning. Each Christmas, she makes a series of Christmas cakes. It's a whole thing in our house. She's very busy. It's a big deal. We never hear the end of it. Standard Irish mammy. Mam was in the throes of her process out in the back kitchen, whatever day it was that she decided to set into her mammoth task. Her words, not mine. 
I was making a cup of tea in our kitchen and I heard the weirdest shriek from my mother and a bang. I dropped the mug and went out to her, thought she'd caught her hand in a mixer or something. There was a plastic mixing bowl rolling on the floor, mix everywhere, and my usually mahogany mother looked grey in the face. I've never seen her that shade. She was shook. She had her back to the mixing worktop and presses facing the fridge. I asked her was she okay and what had happened, and all she could say was, I turned to get the milk out of the fridge and he was in my way. I asked her who, naturally enough. She came into the kitchen to sit down. I asked her who was there. She described an old man in a long jacket and a flat cap, but then he was gone. When I told her, ah ma, relax, that's just Joe, she nearly died. Told her my story and I explained how I had seen Joe and we felt there were huge similarities. They were the only two occasions where we saw Joe, but we did continue to hear him, or what I consider to be him anyway, walking around upstairs and up and down the stairs until the summer of 2016. That summer, a lot of it stopped. No work was done to the house in that regard that would alter or change the stairs or floors, but you no longer hear anyone really walking around on the second floor or the stairs anymore unless it's actually somebody in the house. My theory with regards to Joe is that Joe is an actual fact John, who was Grace's husband, Grace the owner of the house before we bought it, who would also be a cousin of my mum's distantly. John was a very gentle man who loved his house and took great pride in it. He was a big man of strong and grand stature. He would easily have filled the unusual door frame size of the door into my room and was fond of his flat caps and long trench-like coats. I've never said this to Grace, as I'd be afraid it might upset her, but I just think it was John hanging around for a little while longer until he was ready to move on. He, in his living life, was a man of immense faith, so I knew there was absolutely no badness in him at all, if it was his ghost or spirit or whatever hanging around. So what are your thoughts on that so far? That's only the first half of the story. Very scary if you're in that situation, but I get the impression that uh, that Leah's theory about it is probably correct. I, I just, I'm so impressed with her bravery. Yeah. And I like the way that she only saw him once, but she was like, oh, that's Joe. Yeah, he's all right. He's all right. He's just, he's been around a bit. Comes to check on me when I'm sleeping. <laughs> like some sort of otherworldly Santa Claus. <laughs> Wanders around a bit. I just think, yeah, it's mad, isn't it? How you sort of just accept these things. How you just go, ah, the stairs are creaking. Oh, it sounds like footsteps. Oh, that's all right. It's just mad. I love it. But I guess if it's not, it's about what you take from it, isn't it? I guess if you're super scared and it's actually destroying your daily life, then it's a more of a negative thing. But if you're just like, okay, that freaked me out, but actually you're not doing any arm potters around the house. Yeah. You're just, just another person with you, really, isn't it? Which brings us to the second energy. I don't like that that's when you introduce the second story. Yeah, because it's all about not doing harm, isn't it? Okay, are you ready? No. This is a slightly different entity, and I don't know what to make of it, really. The first point of note is... Whatever it is, it likes to play tricks on the men in our house. With the old nature of our house, Grace and John, when he was living, invested into that old style of house. We have a beautiful chandelier in the sitting room and a few bits that Grace was like, here, there's no point in me taking these things to my new small build, semi-detached, they'd be lost. Keep them here if you want them, but if not, sell them. So we got a few beautiful pieces moving into the house, one being a fantastic, massive, heavy gold leaf antique mirror in the hall on the ground floor. 
Mam tried to convince Grace to take that with her as it would work anywhere, but Grace told her that it would take such a job to get it up on the wall back in the early 90s that it wasn't worth her trying to take it down again. She'd take half the wall with her and do more damage. She was happy for us to keep it and wished us luck for when we tried to take it down, as she knew it took four men to reinforce the wall at the time. The change of paper they did to the wall after it was put up was done around it. So that'll just go to show you that this mirror was not worth trying to take down. Within the first fortnight of moving stuff in, my mom was chewing my brother up and spitting him out as he was sitting on the couch, not helping with anything. She ate him sideways. Oh, I love that phrase. It's such an Irish phrase. He sulked and moaned and groaned and went out to get stuff from the car. As he came back in through the hole, the gold mirror came straight off the wall and down onto the floor in pieces. It missed him by a hair. If it had hit him, it would have done serious damage. Looking at the wall, it was as if the mirror came straight out and off the nails or pieces that kept it on the wall. It was a weird situation, but we wrote it off to the movement in in and out of the hall over the fortnight and thought nothing more of it. In the early stages of myself and Owen's relationship, being in a pretty traditional Irish family and I being the eldest, Owen wasn't allowed to share a room with me in our house. We didn't mind. Owen would sleep in the spare room over the sitting room where Joe used to be or in the playroom over my parents' room up on the third floor. One of the nights we had other guests staying in the spare room and Owen was up in the playroom. We said our goodnights, he went to bed and was on his phone browsing away. One of the books came straight off the bookshelf, top shelf and landed on the floor with a bang. I heard it and texted him to see if he was all right. Lazy bitch, I didn't even get out of bed. He just wrote back and said that if he was dead in the morning, he loved me. (laughs) My mum asked him the next morning what the fuck he was doing in the room in the middle of the night with all that banging. He told her one of the books had come straight off the shelf. There is an ensuite in the spare room. Anytime any of the boys in the house use this shower, the light will go off in the bathroom. I have only ever used that shower and the light in the bathroom has never gone off on me or my sister. The light flickered on me this Christmas when I was washing my hair on Christmas morning and I literally said, I'm washing my hair now. I'll be done in 15 minutes so you can cut that shit out. I know you like to do it when Owen is in here, but you're not dealing with him right now, so quit it. The light came back on and that was the end of it. Owen went up to the shower after me and the light was off as per usual. He has come to expect this now, but this Christmas, the whole fucking shower knocked off on him too. He was raging. (laughs) Told me it was because I got all teacher on the fucker that messes with him in the shower. (laughs) One of our photos on the second floor landing came straight off the wall as well this Christmas. Not as big or as heavy as the mirror from 2003, but a similar result when we went up to investigate. Like the frame had come straight out and off as opposed to something breaking or twisting. The only real direct experience I've had with this energy was when I was studying for my science exam at home the morning before my junior cert. Junior cert is like an Irish exam thing, just FYI. I was in the office at the back of the house, just off the sitting room. It was a glorious day. Typical exam weather, sun splitting the rocks. I had every window downstairs open. As I was studying, I heard this slow but consistent light bang. This repeated. Curious, I got up and went investigating. When I went into the kitchen and around the corner where our sink and presses were, one of the kitchen presses door was slightly ajar. I closed it and closed the window directly over the sink. I closed the back kitchen door and came back into the study. Shortly after, I heard the slow bang again and again. I let it go, but then eventually it was doing my head in, so I went back in to look for the root of the problem. As I turned into the alcove of the kitchen presses, again the same door I had closed was open again. I just assumed I hadn't caught it properly or pressed it too hard and that it had opened again. I closed it, tight this time. 
and on my way back to the study I closed every window downstairs. I also closed the door between the kitchen and the study. Moments into studying again, the banging started, this time louder, which I thought was strange as I had additionally closed the door, so really I should have heard it more softly, if at all. I don't know why I was so brave again, but I went back into the kitchen where the noise was coming from and I saw the same kitchen press that I know I'd closed twice now open again and this time still tremoring as if it had just been banged. This time I didn't close it. I walked out of the kitchen and I closed the door, picked up my books and notes and went to my nan's house where I continued to study before heading for my exam. Was I fuck going to play that game that day? With this second energy, you can sometimes feel like there's something in the room with you or that something is coming and going. It's a weird one. One that kind of gives you the heebie-jeebies, but nothing majorly sinister has come of it. I'm not affected by being at home in any way, but this is a definite something. And this something is definitely not Joe. The end. I would have just like... I mean, she did eventually what I would have done, but I would have been out of there the first time it... First time heard banging but you say that though but you wouldn't like i really don't think you would i really don't think you are as frightened as you think you are i don't know about I feel these pretty things. frightened at the moment do you yeah what do you think is going to happen what here yeah nothing yeah you see nothing because everything that could possibly happen in this house i can write off as being next door because we're yeah because we live either in side a... we've got people so yeah it's interesting though isn't it and i feel like leah tells this story in such a blasé way whereas i would be very i'd just be a drama queen about the whole thing but she's really not she's just like this is just the story that's just it and i loved this story because it was funny yeah and it was like not ridiculous no but stuff falling off the wall don't fall on you they fall straight, like if something falls from the wall, it normally falls straight, straight down. down. Yeah, it doesn't come out and then off the no. wall. And that, that the lady saying that that mirror was like took four men to fix to the wall. And yeah. And just casually fell on her brother. <laughs> I know. But I wonder then if, so the whole thing about it being just targeted at men. Yeah. I wonder if that's something to do with the sisters that used to live in the house. Because it would, like I can understand the spirit of the previous owner if he was really proud of that house to be there and checking up on it and not wanting to leave just yet but a kind of a a a trickster entity like a poltergeist entity is generally quite an angry little spirit yeah for whatever reason so i wonder if those sisters being in the house didn't like men being in their in their area didn't like men but spent a lot of time in the shower with men well you never know Mm. well if you were a ghost i mean you can pretty much do whatever you want so true that and the shower is a really vulnerable place. Yeah, like, really. you know, when you're in, the, well, you probably don't know because it's different for boys washing their hair. But I always get that thing in the shower where I'm washing my hair and I'm like, oh my God, when I open my eyes, what if there's somebody in, in the bathroom with me and I get really freaked out? I'd get that when I wash my hair in a bath. Yeah, so it's, it's that kind of thing. Yeah, so like being in the shower, being in the bath is a really vulnerable place to be. See, if Insidious had taken a leaf out of Leah's book, their story would have been a lot better. You know, more subtlety. That was That's what that needed, more subtlety. There you go, Leah, career change for you career change you're gonna write a film and james wan will direct it for you <laughs> but yeah i just wanted to um to thank leah for that story because it's great it's really good it's a really good story yeah it's interesting that you can that she could distinguish between the two as well i know they're doing different things but it's like a feeling thing isn't it she said that she feels that it wasn't joe and actually it doesn't make sense if it was it wouldn't have made sense if it was anyway would it really but i think as humans we are so in tune without even realizing it to the things that go on go on around us so you know when you go to like i always tell you when i worked in the asylum there were there were certain rooms that used to make me feel sick but for no reason like i never saw anything in those rooms or there was like 
corridors that would make me feel like oh, there's definitely something behind me and it's not good. So you got that feeling of real fear. And then other times you'd feel like you weren't alone, but not in a threatening way. So I think our bodies are really in tune to the energy that is around us. I like I like the story of Joe. Me too. I think it's really It's nice. scary. No, it's really scary. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I wouldn't really want to experience it i don't think but it's like he didn't really do much did he just kind of pottering around his house and i guess you get once you get over the initial fright of it you kind of get used to it i guess he would and i yeah. guess if lira or her mum had seen him again they would have just been like hi jay yeah i think once you probably went i mean i don't know i wasn't there so leah please connect, correct me if i'm wrong but if i think if you saw him once and made that connection if you did see him again you'd be like it's okay he's just wandering around his house because to him it's still his house checking up on things so i guess you probably get a fright initially because you don't expect to see an older man in your house and then you'd be like oh okay it's only joe it's fine i do like and but a poltergeist i can't be dealing with really yeah because i think i'd get to the point where like i was petrified and then it would just go from being petrified to being really annoyed and i'd just be like oh come on give us a break like i don't want to be picking up because they're so messy i think that that with things like like living with me (laughs) Yeah, it is. Well, we did have that incident last week with the cup. What what incident was that? Well, because I found a cup in the middle of the floor. Was that you? No. No, you see? We had an argument over it. I still think it was Dan, but he says it wasn't. And that made me feel a bit funny because I was like, why? Yeah, because he kept asking me if it was me. I knew you felt funny about it, but it wasn't me. I didn't have any reason to leave a cup in the middle of the floor. Socks, on the other hand. Socks is another story, but we're not even going to get into that because this is not a podcast (laughs) to air our domestic grievances at each other. But there was, like, we were walking home from town the other night as well, if you saw my Instagram post, and uh, all the lights, all the street lamps kept going off, and I was making a joke about it, and then we realised that actually all the street lamps were going off as we walked under them, and then would come back on when we were a couple of feet away, and I was like, Dan, stop it. Stop it, Dan. Stop whatever you're doing. I don't care what it is. Just stop doing it. It does happen to me more than you think, though. Oh, it's never happened to me before. I, I've never noticed that happening. But I to said me. it to you after the first one, didn't I? I said, oh, this happens to me all the time. Yeah, and then it, like, we were walking up the high street. It wasn't like we were kind of on back roads or anything. And it it was just really weird. That freaked me right out walking home. Dinner. Well, it didn't really. I thought it was hilarious. Um, and then I put it up on Instagram and somebody was like, it's, they're, they're trying to get your attention. And I was like, who? Who's trying to get our <laughs> attention? <laughs> I think with a poltergeist as well, it's about, it is about attention seeking behavior, isn't it? Because it's, it's things that are designed to annoy you, like throwing a book on the floor. Yeah. And it gets so much attention from me as well, because I'd be so annoyed after a while. I think I'd be like petrified to start with, but then I'd just be like, come on. Give it a rest. Just, I'm fed up now. But particularly if I was trying to study like Leo was, I'd just be yeah. like, oh, come on. I've got stuff to, that I need to do. I think... Yeah, I haven't looked at my textbooks all year. Give me a chance. <laughs> this is my first time studying photosynthesis. Get a grip. Uh, I think she did the right thing, though. Going Absolutely. to her nan's house, just being like, nope, not entertaining She's this. She's more patient than I would, would have been, though. But when she when she was like, I have a story for you, it was like, she was like, well, it's not really a story. It's just some stuff that happens in my house. And I was like, okay. And then she sent me this and I was like, no, this is a story. But yeah, this is the thing, like, because she's, she's very blasé about it, but you would be telling everybody every five seconds for the attention and oh, I yeah, would, would be traumatised for life. So yeah. it's obviously not that. Uh... <laughs> it's just how you manage it, isn't it? Yeah. And it's just how you, if you feel like it's a positive entity or a negative entity. And the, the, the kind of the poltergeist entity doesn't really seem to be horrifically negative. I know it tried to kill her brother, but then maybe they were pissed off as well watching him not doing anything. Well, maybe they never liked the mirror. And they were like, actually, this is a good opportunity to get rid of it. Get rid of this mirror. It's yeah. rank. I never wanted it in the house in the first yeah. place. I'd wonder then if Grace had experiences in the house as well. 
That would be interesting to know That would be an interesting conversation to have as to whether or not... Like, obviously, when her husband was still alive, that takes away that entity. But I wonder if when... Yeah, like, were there... Did they have poltergeist activity in the house? And were the women twins that didn't talk and walked in sync? (laughs) (laughs) And ended up in Broadmoor? (laughs) Yeah. From Ireland? <laughs> but yeah, it's a great story, isn't it? Yeah, it's a really good story. There's enough, like, there's enough intrigue to make it interesting. There's enough intrigue to make it interesting. Yeah. But it's not like... Um, it's not histrionic. It's not like... No. And Leo is very calm story. about it. I wouldn't be. Mm-mm. And neither would you, but for a different reason. <laughs> no, I just love the attention. That's that's what I'd love. Oh, the poltergeist. Yeah, I'd just be rolling around on the floor crying about it. But actually, I'd be fine about it. <laughs> but yeah, so I just... Yeah, I want to thank Leah and Owen as well because obviously we got a lot of comic value out of his snoring for telling us this story. And if you have a story that you think, oh, I've got a story. I've got a story that's better than that. This is our first listener story Yeah, this podcast. is our first listener episode, like full Ooh, listener yeah. episode. And yeah, just, just make sure to, con- to contact us because this is my favourite thing to do. I like the stories that are from real people. That was the whole point of this podcast in the beginning, to get stories from real people. And this is a, a classic case of one of those stories because it's not exaggerated. Yeah, it's not over It's just matter all, of fact. It? And it's lovely. So I just want to thank Leah because, yeah, it was. I just loved reading it. I thought it was great. And I loved Dan's reactions. I really need to, like, film the podcast so no, you, you guys can see Dan's reactions <laughs> no, to don't. these things. And thank you to Owen as well for um, freaking out in the car and giving me such entertainment because I thoroughly enjoyed that story too. It would have been quite freaky, I'd imagine, driving in the dark, listening to you and the recording of an exorcism. <laughs> yeah, it's not something I would be doing on my way home, to be honest, because I would freak out. Yeah, There's too many show tunes to listen to as well, isn't there? Yeah, I listen to show tunes in the car, but there we are. So, if you've got a story that is similar, if you've got a story that you think, oh, I want to share this with somebody, then please make sure that you contact us on Podcast at gmail.com. But you can also find us on Instagram. We are on Instagram at Real Life Ghost Stories and we are very active on Instagram. We are on Twitter. At Real Ghost Pod. And so if you can make a GIF, a GIF, a GIF, a GIF, if you can make a gift for me, if you can make a GIF, what are they? A GIF. It is a GIF. I was right the first time. If you, you can were. make a GIF. Oh, I give up. Yeah, real, at Real Ghost Pod. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, if you contact us there and we also have a Facebook group which is Real Life Ghost Stories and you have to answer a secret question to get in. It's it's Emma and Dan in case you have forgotten our names because that's what the question is. So, thank you again to Leah for an amazing story. If you want to contact us, please, please come and contact us. But also make sure that you leave us reviews. We are on the cusp of having 40 reviews and I just want to get to 40. If you could just see the live recording of this podcast, the action of a cusp was very good. Yeah, I, I'm doing hand actions to go with what I'm saying, but I keep forgetting that nobody can see me. We had a thousand downloads again this week. Wow. Which is mental. It's crazy. That is really crazy. But Thank I kind so of, much. yeah, I want, if you, if you know somebody who you think, oh, they're, they're going to like this podcast. They're into paranormal stuff. They want to hear ghost stories and share ghost stories. Then just tell one person, tell one person about this podcast and maybe they'll listen to it. And with that, we'll see you next week. Bye.